Welcome to the Cycle 365 mini-series regarding youth sport. I am one of your hosts, Cody Stoffer, and today helping discuss LGBTQ plus perspective in and around sport is a very special guest, Maddie. Maddie, if you would like to introduce yourself. Hey, my name's Maddie Spillman. Um, I go to college with Cody, and I am part of the LGBTQ plus community. And I'm super pumped to talk on here. And we are super pumped to have you on here as well. So thank you for setting aside time in your day. And um, yeah, thank you. So we, we do a little thing with all of our guests where we talk about, we ask two questions being that we are rooted in sport podcasting is um, what is your favorite sports memory while playing sport? So... I played competitive softball for 12 years, like my whole childhood. Um, and then when I got into high school, I got more into the theater and arts department, which is where I'm still at. But um, one time we were at a softball tournament and we were just getting killed by this team from California. Like there was oh, no, no way we were going to ever come back. We were just getting slaughtered. And this girl hit, I played center field. And this girl hit this home run. And I was like trying. I didn't see. So in softball, we have like these short little like like net fences. It's not like a normal fence. You sound like a baseball field. Mm -hmm. um, and I was I didn't know where I was in relation to the fence. So I just kept running and I ran straight through the fence and ripped a giant hole in it, which I did not catch the ball. So the girl just got a home run and I just looked stupid. Oh no. But the very next batter, another girl hit like a giant fly ball out to me. And I did the exact same thing. I ripped a different hole in the fence, but I caught it this time and she was out. <laughs> oh, we love the growth. We love the arc here. <laughs> where you didn't get it the pitch. first time, but then got it the next time. It was really funny. <laughs> I, I like just... flipped over the fence the second time. <laughs> that's amazing hey way to catch it the second time you said not not gonna be beat twice at the same game no it was awesome the crowd like went silent when i flipped and i stood up and i just like held my glove in the air and everybody was like Woo! <laughs> oh that's awesome that, that's hilarious. a fun one <laughs> and then um what is your favorite viewing experience of a sport i know that you had a Super Bowl viewing party last year, and I don't know if that's or this year. Oh my gosh, what a long year we've had! But <laughs> but I don't know if uh, you have like a particular viewing experience that has been your favorite live sports or um, watching on TV. Hmm. Okay, I was like three, so I don't remember it myself, but I hear stories about it. <laughs> so. When I was like three, my grandpa, who I call Poppy, took me to a uh, Rockies game. And we were like on the third baseline. Like, I don't know how he got these tickets, but they were really good tickets. And Dinger, the uh, lovely Rockies <laughs> mascot, walked over and like saw me sitting with my grandpa. And he, I guess, liked me. And so he like came in the crowd and picked me up. And carried me out onto the field on <laughs> the jumbotron and stuff. And I had a sucker with me. And 
when Dinger like picked me up, it got stuck to the back of his head. <laughs> and I like was trying to grab it off, but I couldn't reach it. So then I was just crying. He picked me up and I'm like on the Jumbotron just crying. And there's a picture of it like stuck to the back of his head somewhere. <laughs> oh my so gosh. Upset. Oh my gosh. It's like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna make memories with this kid right here. We're gonna give him a good time. And you're just crying because your sucker has been lost to <laughs> to the infinite uh, space that is the back of Dinger's head. So funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, so I love that's probably my favorite. Uh that I, I love your stories because they're definitely a change of pace with, with some comedic value, you know, to kind of oh, yeah. not take yourself too seriously. So we appreciate that here. My whole life's a joke. So if I can <laughs> use it to make people laugh, why not? Uh, every day is April Fool's Day if you're a fool, right? <laughs> it really is. Oh, man. Awesome stories. Thank you for sharing. And, uh, no, now the audience has a feel for who we're talking to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maddie is, and Maddie's like this all the time. Hilarious. Every time we hang out, I, <laughs> I laugh so hard I almost cry. So, <laughs> You know, I feel the same about you, Cody. <laughs> uh, great times. So kind of transitioning into background a little bit. You, you talked about it a little bit with your softball experience, but, you know, this is a chance to really get in depth. What is your sports background playing or working around sport? So, like I said, I played softball for 12 years. And really, the only reason I stopped is because I didn't want to play in college. And the level that I was at, it was pretty much all just for college scouting and stuff. So that there was really no point. And the high school softball at my school was uh, not the best crowd of people. So I kind of dipped out of there then. Um, sports have always been big in my house growing up. My mom is like a diehard Broncos and Avalanche fan. She even has like little flags that she throws at the TV when we watch Broncos games. And she and oh, my grandpa yeah. both hold season tickets, so they go to like all of the games. Nice. Um, at college, I am the graphics intern for our women's basketball team at UNC. So I work with them creating social media content and posts and all that good stuff and then i also um help one of our dance teams at our school with their marketing and filming their performances and social media and stuff nice nice and we'll definitely be happy to get that other side you know that administrative marketing side on the show because we haven't really had a lot of that up to this point sweet yeah and kind of transitioning the subject into, you know, the realm of LGBTQ plus and that community. It, and if you're comfortable with sharing, just to get to know you better, what or how did you come out? So my uh, coming out story is also off the chain here. Um, I was in eighth grade, it's a little baby Maddie. And my family and I were eating at Chick-fil-A of any place in the world. Oh, we were at Chick-fil-A and we were talking about how one of my family members... It, this was when, like, the whole debate of, like, legalizing marriage was going on. 
and we mm-hmm. were talking about how one of my family members um, changed their Facebook profile picture to like a basically like anti-gay marriage like meme thing. Oof. You know how people did the like equals sign? It was like the opposite of that. And I had no intentions of doing it then. I had not even thought about doing that. At that point, I'd only come out to one of my friends, and that was the only person that knew. Um, and we're still friends. She's awesome. But I just kind of blurted it out to my family. And they were all <laughs> were sitting in a Chick-fil-A, and I just said that, and they all just kind of stared at me. And then it was, like, super awkward for, like, three weeks, and then we didn't talk about it at all until, like my senior year yeah senior year of high school so it's just kind of something we didn't really bring up until then um and that's when i asked a girl out and she said yes and that would be freya and here we are almost three and a half years later we're still dating still hanging out so when i had asked freya out like a few weeks after that it was prom and so i asked freya to prom And that was the time that I came out to, like, all of my family. I kind of just made this big group message with everybody, including that family member that had changed their profile picture. And I was just like, hey, here's my prom date. Like, I'm super excited. Just wanted to, like, let you all know. And all of them, that person included, everybody was super supportive. They were all really happy for me. And, yeah, I haven't really had any issues with family since then. And then it's in terms of like the general public, I didn't really make a big statement. I just kind of started posting prom pictures and pictures after that and just kind of let people figure it out. (laughs) One in one is two kind of kind of math. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I'm really happy to hear that, you know, that group chat went well for you and that you got support from from your family and. You know, from from that friend that you're still friends with to this day, I'm glad to hear about those highs. And, um, you know, I'm really, I'm interested to hear about your perspective because so far, uh, out of the hosts, out of the interviews that I have had, your coming out story is the earliest of them. So I'm definitely interested to see what you have to say as far as how your sexual orientation impacted your standing or interaction with sports, like if that impacted your family viewing your sports or, you know, like you said, you, mm-hmm. they didn't really bring it up, but were there some things that were different, I guess, during your, whatever you had left of softball or whatever? Um, not really. I mean, we can all just establish the stereotype that like all softball players are lesbians. Everybody's heard that. Which I think it's funny just because I was, but I definitely played on a team of, like, all straight people. Okay. And so that that kind of addresses a little bit of the next subject that I wanted to bring up as far as, like, thoughts on sports culture and attitude towards the LGBTQ plus community. And like you said, you just brought up a stereotype of, you know, softball players being lesbians. And I guess, what are your thoughts on that? And you know, was, does that stereotype create like maybe not a hostile environment, but maybe not as welcoming of an environment in the sports realm? 
I would say that kind of sports in general is not exactly welcoming of the LGBTQ community. Um, I I know there's like this whole giant debate on like trans athletes competing against like their the like gender that they transition to, um, but like even beyond because that's kind of like a new argument. But even prior to that. I don't know, sports just doesn't seem to be a place that's welcoming of LGBT players. Because, like, I know in high school, it felt like it was the entire arts department pitted against the sports department. Which, I don't know if that was, like, at at your school as well. But it seemed to be pretty much all of the LGBT people I knew in high school were either involved in art or sports or music. Or not sports, sorry arts or music and like no one was really involved in sports i don't think that has to do with who they are as a person i think that a lot of them just don't feel welcome in the realm of sports i hear you and i definitely i don't remember at least anyone who was openly like lgbt in in sports at my high school too and since you kind of brought that up you know that is something that i didn't realize at the time in high school but something that i'm like wow you're right you know like Mm -hmm. i guess you know well as far as a welcoming environment goes arts versus sports culture you could definitely make that point that sports really and it really isn't a welcoming environment no And there shouldn't have to be, like, oh, you're gay, you can only do theater or music. Like, you should also be feeling welcome to go play sports or join, like, the debate team or something. Absolutely. You shouldn't feel boxed in. Absolutely. That's unfair to, you know, individuals and and the community. Because, I mean, and we've seen it a little bit at, like, the professional level, you know, where, Mm -hmm. you know, athletes will come out after their career because they worry about their career getting derailed or even in, you know, Michael Sam's case in the NFL, not even really given a chance. Yes, exactly. And that should not be that way. Like I know, I can't remember which basketball player it is. You might know, but um, he has a trans daughter. Do you know who I'm talking about? Dwayne Wade. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's right. He shouldn't have to be, like, praised for accepting his daughter. He should just do that. And of course, there's like a million people that are like, that's disgusting, his daughter's a son, blah, 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 blah. That's kind of to be expected in the world we live in right now, but in my ideal world, you shouldn't have to praise somebody for doing that. That should just be an immediate, like, acceptance of your child. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, I know what you mean. And, you know, the, I'd say that the praise, like you said, there, there's praise, but there's also those people that are denouncing him. Like, I Twitter's, I have a love-hate relationship with Twitter. And it's it's a really bad place as far as homophobia and transphobia goes because there there are people who have straight up said like 
I'm not a Dwayne Wade fan anymore. I'm like, dude, what the heck? Why? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I understand a hundred percent what you're saying. And, you know, it's at the same time, it's kind of nice to see some representation and some athletes speaking out on it because most of them not speaking out on it, but you know, we need those. It. Yeah. We need those role models a little bit because I mean, even he didn't talk about it to the public for like a little bit after his daughter, you know, talked about transitioning and wanted to transition. Like mm -hmm. he, he yeah, kept like it saying, under wraps. Like, yeah. The world we live in right now, we do need that. We need more people that are so in the spotlight like that, doing things like that. In my ideal world, that wouldn't need to happen. Absolutely. I agree. What are, this is a little bit off topic, but were there certain things when you were playing sports that looking back, you realized that I guess like specific things that didn't contribute to a welcoming environment, you know, whether that was, I don't know if there were certain members or players on like the high school sports teams that you were talking about that would make it unwelcoming or if it was like coaches, administration, etc. Yeah. Um, I would say, honestly, I would say I it was almost like a little bit more on the sexist, sexist side than like homophobic side, at least where I was. Because like we've all heard it, our coaches would say like, oh, you hit that like a girl. Like even my coach on an obviously all girls softball team would say stuff like that. And I was like, really? Hmm. You still have to say things like that? And like, I know that like we were all younger, but whatever. But um, a lot of people would always like say things like, oh, that's gay. Like you're acting gay, like that kind of stuff. You know, like, remember when we were younger and that was, like, a term you'd use instead of, like, stupid? Yeah. No, that was definitely... I'd say it, at my schools, like, kindergarten through 12th grade, even, depending on where you were. Because, I mean, I played football and that locker room was disgusting. Oh, God, on, yeah, I'm sure. On an ethical level. Like, it was bad. So I, 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 I hear what you're saying for sure. And that that's not acceptable. No. And like, I don't know, I guess from my perspective in our political climate right now, when I find out somebody is like conservative or like a Trump supporter or something, it kind of makes me hesitant because obviously his party does not support gay marriage or really any lgbtq members so i knew that a lot of the parents of the people that i played softball with throughout the years were like that and it almost makes you like it makes you kind of feel like someone's gonna like target you or like you're unsafe just based on political views which i'm not saying that every conservative person is homophobic because they're definitely not or transphobic or anything but in the like world that we live in and the world we kind of grew up in, 
it makes me sort of on edge in a way. I hear you. And that that's another reason why I appreciate you being on here so much and for being brave because I mean, you, you are taking a risk, you know, just by mm -hmm. b being out in the public, unfortunately, you know, and yeah. that's, that's kind of, that's also a good point as far as, you know, people our age, you know, aren't as progressive. Well, we call it progressive, but you know, it's it morally correct, I guess, you know, I don't mm -hmm. want to attack anybody, but also it's wrong to be homophobic. And like, it's not, it's not like, it's not, it's not a political thing. You know, it's a human rights thing. And, yeah. and that's like something that's definitely unfortunate and a problem in youth sport is, you know, it's not our generation yet raising kids through the sporting system, but it's the generation above us that mm -hmm. I'd say yes. on a wider basis is more homophobic than our generation and transphobic. Most definitely. I like to think our generation is a little tiny bit better about that stuff. But We'd like to hope so, right? Yeah, we'll see. So I, I know we've kind of straight off topic a little bit as far as the template that I gave you, but oh, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you? So we've talked, and you've used it perfectly, and I agree wholeheartedly with the ideal world that we want to get to where people aren't praised for not being homophobic or transphobic. It's just like a normal thing and creating a more welcoming environment. What are some solutions or ideas that you have in regards to getting there, I guess? Hmm. Well, I do know that the Nuggets, they have like pride nights which is, like, super awesome. They have Pride Nights at some of their games. Um, I, which I might be wrong, but I haven't seen very many other professional sports teams doing things like that. Just having a night where the LGBTQ plus community feels welcome at an event like that is huge. Because, like, obviously, I know a lot of gay people, and we like sports. We think it's fun. Like, that's not just a thing for straight people. So I think having more events along those lines that are openly like, hey, it's Pride Night at the game tonight. Like, wear rainbow colors or just kind of be who you are here. I think that that is so important and I wish more things would do that. Like I'd mentioned earlier, during Obviously, like, theater is a lot more accepting. And, like, the whole month of June, which is Pride Month, um, like, Playbill in New York, which does all the Broadway musicals, they, uh, they change the color, or they change the front of the Playbill, and it's, like, rainbow for, like, the whole month. Just things like that that make you feel like, hey, they're recognizing me as a human. That makes me want to go do things more than them just, like, not saying anything about it. Absolutely. And I know there was a Pride Month for the Avalanche a couple months ago, back when 
back when sports were a thing, right? And <laughs> I, I know. Quarantine. Yeah. Um, one of the guys I had on here, Cody, you know, Cody, uh, yeah. went there and he said that it was a great time. So. Yeah, I'm sure it was. That's awesome that the Avalanche did that. And like, it doesn't have to be during Pride Month. Like the Pride Night that I saw advertising that the Nuggets did, it was in like February or something. It was not close to Pride Month. That's that's good because I mean we got to create a welcoming environment all twelve months of the year, you know. Yeah. As opposed to one month, like I feel like, and maybe this is just like an outside perspective too, and like having kind of studied sports administration, something that worries me just like a little bit is, you know, we you you brought up the pride the pride nights is that. I don't know how much the people who come up with that are actually activists. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. There's always, like, tons of companies during Pride Month that just use that to prop it off of. They don't actually do anything to help the community. They just, like, release a rainbow-colored shirt or something. But then they don't actually do anything to help the community. Uh, yeah, and so I'm I'm definitely worried about that, but, you know, I guess what, so you talked a little bit about you work in marketing. Do you think that the places that you've worked for do anything different that makes it a more welcoming environment as a member of the LGBT plus community, or is it just kind of like an unspoken thing? Like, it's just not talked about. Hmm. The dance team definitely is 100% a welcoming place. We have a few members of the team that are also LGBT, and everybody's there is extremely respectful of it. Like, we respect pronouns, like, all the important stuff. The basketball team, though, let me double check their Instagram. I don't think that they put out anything for Pride. Which is a little disappointing because I don't remember making anything for Pride. Yeah, they didn't put anything out. Mm. Which uh, shows you another example of what I was talking about with theater and art versus sports. Yeah, even when it's even when it's a month dedicated to activism, still not doing anything is, you know, you're by doing nothing, you're actually helping oppose it really yeah yeah if you're quiet about an issue like you are on the other side agreed 100 percent. we love that quote by the way so <laughs> good <laughs> yay uh, and <clears throat> so we've we've definitely jumped all over the place and that's partly because my eggs are scrambled so hard from moving this past <laughs> week. But <laughs> I guess, were there anything, was there any stories or comments or statements that you wanted to make in regards to, you know, this, this episode and, you know, for the LGBTQ plus community, whether that's in general or in sports, you know, anything that you want to say, you know, go ahead and go for it, honestly. Hmm. I would say just use your voice. 
obviously in the political climate we're in right now, um, we need outspoken allies. Like, you just use your voice. You need to make people feel like they matter and that they're welcome and that something that they cannot change about themselves does not, like, knock them down the totem pole of, like, importantness in the world. And, like, I don't know. Celebrate athletes that are openly out. Like, uh, who's that soccer player? I can't remember. Megan Rapinoe? Yes. She is, like, a trailblazer in terms of activism in sports. So maybe if you don't follow her, go check her out. She's super awesome. She's amazing. And one of the most elite open athletes that we've ever seen in the realm of sport, especially while playing at the same time. Yes. So. And I would definitely just say, educate yourself. Our trans brothers and sisters right now are kind of taking more of a beating than the rest of our community at the moment. And it's so important to recognize them and use the correct pronouns. And if you accidentally say the wrong ones, just correct yourself and keep going. Just make people feel like being themselves is not like a burden to other people. And the LGBTQ plus community has so much to offer to the world. And I feel like people just don't. Like, the general population has no want to be part of that. And it sucks, because we have, like, so much to offer the world. Like, I don't know how many of you have ever been to a drag show, but you should definitely go because it's so much fun. Things like that. Like, we have things to offer that people just kind of brush under the rug or think it's not important. When it's it's just good stuff. Like, you should want to be part of it. Agreed. We love we love enriching our culture with with other cultures and learning more and being more diverse. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. So, well, yeah, this exactly. world this world acts like there's something wrong with it, but like you said, we need to get past that. Mm-hmm. So, and I thank you so much for being on the show and bringing your perspective and. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I'm it's like an honor to have you on the show and, and share your story and your perspective. Really, <laughs> oh, it is. Thanks, Cody. I'm glad to be here. I like podcasts. Yeah, I, I like when they're posted after all the editing, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could you could do all that stuff. I'll just listen to it when you're done. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. And thank you so much for being on here. Um you got anything else for us or <laughs> I think that's about it. Wear a mask. Black lives matter. Be nice to people. Absolutely. And if you guys don't know, Maddie is a very talented graphic designer. So, you know, if, literally just look up her name and find her stuff. She's super talented and I love her art as well. Thank you, Cody. You're awesome. I I gotta plug you since you're not plugging yourself. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Follow my design account, Spillman Designs, on Instagram. There it is. That's more like it. Oh, yeah. 
an absolute Black Lives Matter, wear a mask, and be considerate. Just be a good person. I know. <laughs> Human rights should not be a political issue. Absolutely. And thank you so much. Yes, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, you have a good one. You too. That does it for this episode of The Cycle 365. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure to listen to our other mini-series episodes as well as our regular scheduled episodes. And we have some big changes and announcements coming up. So make sure you follow us on social media. That's at The Cycle 365 on Twitter, Instagram, as well as Facebook. You can also find us on YouTube. I've been Cody Stoffer, and this mini-series has been created by Simon Villanos, and I appreciate him for letting me have some, some fun with these last few episodes. So thanks for joining.